Welcome to the System Hub Podcast. Hola. Konnichiwa. Guten Tag. Where we interview world-class experts. You have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. I was fanatical in my 20s. If you could find a way to produce a business that works without you, your life would change like that. Extracting, organizing, and optimizing their best systems and processes for rapid business growth. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Business Systems Summit, and in this session, we're going to be chatting with Brian Keane. He's the founder of Franchise Simply, and he's been in business for over 40 years. Particularly in the last 30 years, he's been specializing in the franchise sector. He's really well known here in Australia for helping businesses franchise. I've known him for a number of years. He's a great operator. We've got quite a lot of mutual clients. He's a lover of systems and processes. As you'd imagine, if you're in franchising, you'd have to be. And what his company does, Franchise Simply, is he helps family-sized businesses turn into multi-million dollar assets through a unique four-step process. And in fact, that's what he's going to walk us through today. He's going to share with us his four-step process for franchising a business. So it's with great pleasure that I get to welcome Brian to the Business Systems Summit. Thank you, Dave. Delighted to have the opportunity to join the Business Systems Summit and uh, thrilled to be addressing my particular area, which is franchising. I start by saying that franchising appears to most people to be complicated, and indeed it can be. But if you remove a lot of the complications and the myths surrounding it, in fact, franchising can be quite simple, can be very successful, and certainly the quickest way to grow a business, particularly one that's reasonably well established or indeed a concept where people have got the determination, the enthusiasm, and are prepared to put a bit of work in, follow a process, and to uh, basically get it documented up and running and listen to other people to stand on their shoulders rather than try and do it themselves. So over the 30-odd years I've been in franchising, I've been a franchisee on several occasions as a multi-store franchisee. Prior to that, I owned a number of my own businesses. I've been involved in franchise broking, consulting, had half a dozen franchise groups, and worked with dozens of others. Essentially, what over the years I realised was that the world never stops changing and that franchise consulting and traditional consulting in many areas remains today much the same as it did 30 or 40 years ago, except there's online access, which people use in varying ways and so on. So the whole reason that I think we were able to simplify the whole process of franchising was the access to putting things on in the cloud, using online processes and, and soft copy as opposed to the old traditional hard copy manuals. So essentially, it all starts down with the process, and it's what I call my franchise success path. It's very straightforward, um, and in fact, somebody who wants to learn a bit more about it can see details of this on my website, franchisesimply.com.au. The first step to undertake when someone looks at franchising, really irrespective of the age of the business or, or the concept or whatever, is to really get an understanding of franchising. Many people, even in franchising today, don't understand the core aspects of what really makes it tick and how simple it is to establish a really successful and growing franchise group by following the right processes. It's like having a football team. If you've got a good coach and you've got the systems, uh, you can shuffle the players around, but you can score good results. You can make good grades. And it's really much the same in franchising. But if you take your eye off the ball, suddenly before you know it, your competitors have trumped you. So Dave, in our conversations, you've asked me a number of questions, and I'm going to endeavour to answer those through our conversation, and I hope that people will find it, find it helpful. So 
So the first step is what I call the develop stage. There are four key stages in developing a franchise group. The first is the develop stage where you've got to get the foundations in place. The second is the defined stage. In the defined stage, you're looking at the structural elements of the business and through to design, which is where you're, you're documenting and you're looking at legal documents. Then the deployment stage is when you're getting out there and you're actually in the field and you're growing your franchise business and, and leveraging, which is, after all, what you're aiming to do. So we start off at the beginning about getting an understanding of franchising. And the key to that as well is starting off and getting an understanding of where you are in business. Most people in business find they're locked in. Uh, they can't escape from the day-to-day. And that's because they've gone through into the third stage of, of businesses. And it's been very well defined. The, the first stage is existence, just getting a concept. The second stage is that of survival, which means getting out there and actually proving it can work and you can get an income. The key stage where most people get to is success, where you're actually making a decent living. And 80% of businesses never go beyond that stage, unfortunately. So despite all their dreams and their aspirations, they never reach anywhere beyond that because it's too hard. And studies tell us it takes most businesses 15 to 20 years to actually grow to the stage where they're, what we would say is taking off, where they're beginning to leverage and the owner of the business can step away, take a month's holiday, look at moving into different regions, different countries and so on. So franchising is recognised as one way, a very rapidly short-cutting, if you like, that process, but not short-cutting by avoiding any of the steps but actually refining what you do so you don't need to undertake a lot of those steps. So once you've got that understanding, you've got your strategic planning to do, which means looking closely at your organisation, how how it works, what the tasks are, what the roles are and so on, and put together a timeframe plan to undertake your franchise programme. It's a matter of looking at the roles and responsibilities, really, of everyone involved. And today it may be just you or a handful of people with lots of different hats on, doing this, doing the sales, doing the marketing, those sorts of things. What we're saying is uh, that doesn't matter. You're going to be actually assigning those roles to somebody else. At the moment, don't worry who they're going to. Just define them. Then that's very appropriate to move as a segue into the second stage, which is the defined stage. The defined stage is really exciting. You're beginning to get your teeth into it. You're putting together some budgets. You're working out some of the fee structures and ongoing fees, royalties, what you think you may be able to retail your franchises for, which is what most entrepreneurs are looking for at the end of the day. Where's the bucket of gold? Where's the income coming from? How much can I sell my franchise for? But don't be impatient. It takes time to tune that, just like it, like it takes time to tune a footy team. You know your objectives, but you've got to hone it along the way. And you may change your plan. You may go from a 4341 to a 4331 or whatever it might be. So with that aside... Once you've done that, you can start looking at your, your network planning or territories and how you do that's going to vary. I won't try and define it in any great detail here and now, but uh, suffice to say, there are a multitude of different ways of doing that. Some of them are better than others. Some are more suited to some businesses than others, but it's littered with graveyards where people can make dramatic mistakes. They can make mistakes because they make territories too large. They don't define them. They don't define the demarcation rules, so you get disputes between franchisees. And possibly as well, they may make them too small, so you often hear about franchisees saying, I'm not making enough income. I'm not getting the revenue I want. That may be the territories are too small. Maybe they've not been trained properly. Maybe they've not been supported. 
Maybe they're not doing their marketing or maybe you're not doing your marketing as the franchisor and maybe they were the wrong people anyway. So don't make too many quick assumptions based on those sorts of stories. Often there are solutions. You'd have seen franchise groups from time to time in Australia and around the world that, that fail or have major structural problems. In Australia, we've seen two or three recently, I'll just mention, uh, high-profile ones like Pie Face, which has been a huge success story over the last three or four years. Well, over the last three years, then they went into liquidation. They were bought out, re-established, changed their profile, and now they've gone broke again. And I see this problems there as being fairly simple. And often when larger investment banks and groups of financiers get involved, they don't understand the core aspects of franchising that we'll be talking about today. And that's all about relationships and so forth. But suffice to say, we'll touch that in a little, in a little while. Once you've got your, um, your, your territories or network, an idea about them anyway, that's all we're looking for. What you're going to do is look at your corporate structure, how you set your company up, because it's very important to get the right corporate structure to protect your intellectual property, trademarking and so on, but also as well to make sure you've established yourself in the business in the right way to optimise taxation, to minimise the exposure of your assets, and uh, also to make the business readily sellable if at some time someone taps you on the shoulder irrespective of whether your intention was to sell or not. One of my members recently, a client of mine, had no intention of selling, but he was ready to franchise. He had everything organised. The business had grown, I think, something like 80% in 12 months. He'd leveraged himself away, put in a general manager, done all the things you need to do, and a large corporation tapped him on the shoulder. And that was the end of the story. As far as he was concerned, it was too good to be true. So he's franchising experience was one of getting ready to franchise and selling the business for a far larger figure than he ever would have done. That's very satisfying. So beyond the corporate structures, you've got to start looking at your franchisee support. The franchisees are the key element of any business, any franchise group. If they're happy, then the odds are that you're going to be happy. So if they're making money, they're enjoying their job, they've got good relationships, good communication, that's important. But it doesn't happen without a lot of effort, a lot of planning at the beginning. It's, it's not difficult to plan it, to organise it, to put support structures in place, to plan how you routinely contact your franchisees, how you routinely bring them up to speed, how you retrain them and so on and so forth. These are all elements which are critically important and they need to be thought through because you can't just take it as read that when someone joins a franchise group, they're going to just go out and look after themselves. Yes, they're out there to market and grow and deal with your retail customers who today are your customers. But remember, your customers in the future are your franchisees. You need to make sure that you nurture them and you look after them very carefully. That will be the future of your business. In fact, this is a good point to mention that I much prefer the term franchise partners. I think that really defines the relationship more thoroughly because partnership is what it's all about. There is a relationship together. There's a self-supporting structure there. And uh, what's good for one is good for the other. And you both benefit if each of you is successful, franchisee and franchisor alike. We then move through from the defined stage into the design stage. And this is where you roll your sleeves up. And this is the area that puts a lot of people off of franchising. Most people in business that I talk to have got systems. Um, often they say they haven't, but they're up in their head. They know what they do. How consistent they are, of course, is another thing. And that's the key to success in any business, of course. 
is having systems that are consistently followed and reviewed and updated so they're current and the best you can get. So um, it's the stage then of getting together and putting your operations manuals together. If you've been given some wise advice early on, you've been collecting information for that. You may have check sheets, cheat sheets. You may have recordings, audio, video. You may have notes in a pile of vanilla folders or wherever about the different processes you undertake in your business. And what you're going to do is follow a specific process to actually document them. It's not just a matter of sitting down and documenting it because actually you've got two businesses when you franchise. You're going to actually split your business into two. You've got the business as it is today. You're going to hive off some of that and you're going to put it into the franchisee. They're going to have some responsibilities, but don't load them down with everything you do today and think you're going to sit on your boat and let them get on with it because you've got to undertake your side of the deal. And one thing I learned from Jim Penman, a very famous Australian franchisor who's these days got some 36 groups, I helped him establish in Western Australia back in the early 90s and found a state franchisor for him, his first six or eight franchisees. On one of the occasions I met Jim, he really gave me a tremendous bit of, uh, of insight was that he found that what he wanted to do was simplify the business. So all his franchisees had to do was basically earn money. That meant pushing a, a lawnmower. Every hour of the working day, they wanted to work. He wanted them pressing, pushing the lawnmower. He didn't want them knocking on doors. He didn't want them doing quoting necessarily. Didn't want them putting brochures in letter boxes, doing bookkeeping. He said, I can do all that very easily. I can have all that centralized, particularly today with all the, the work in the cloud with things like Xero and these other fantastic platforms that are available. So if you can take many of those on your shoulders as possible, very easy to organize them, to delegate to employ staff here or overseas, wherever, to, to operate them efficiently. And in that way, um, what you're doing is making the franchisee's task easier. By doing that, the key element is you're appealing to a broader and broader wide range of prospective franchisees. Franchisees that maybe have limited skills, but they have the key elements, have the key characteristics and determination that you want for your business. So it's important to document all that. And then it's only then that you do your legals. A lot of people come to me and they've got their franchise agreements done. They said, I've been to see a lawyer. I'm ready to franchise. I say, well, that's fantastic. And I'm saying, that's a great shame, Mr. Jones, because your franchise agreements almost inevitably will not reflect the ideal business model because no lawyer is going to be able to read your mind and understand the business model that you're going to develop because you can only do legal documents retrospectively once you develop the model. So don't resist the temptation of going off and getting franchise agreements done because it will cost you probably as much again to get them amended or maybe you'll end up shredding them as a lot of people have to and actually do new ones. So avoid that. But with franchise documentation, it's important. In some countries, there's disclosure information, such as in Australia and Brazil and so on. So you need to get that together. You need to make sure that that's done properly, vetted by a lawyer that understands franchising. Unfortunately, your local lawyer or the family lawyer or your company lawyer probably doesn't have specific legal advice and knowledge about franchising. And in my mind, there's four or five people of that description in a country like Australia, not many. And I'm talking about people who are corporate lawyers who are franchise savvy. 
people who understand the nuts and bolts, who've been through the fray, seen court action, seen people make mistakes, understand what you're looking for. And you need someone, I believe, to be able to translate for the lawyer what your intentions are with your business model. And again, that's where you need someone to work with you as a, as a translator, translating what you want as the outcomes in your business for the lawyer to describe in their words in the legal documents without going into scores of pages. You don't want 120 pages of legal agreements. They should be around the 60 pages, should be more than adequate. Once you've got the legals done, um, you're looking at launching the franchise business. And what that means is basically starting with a marketing schedule. You're going to have to do some marketing. You're going to put together the profiles of your franchisees. You want to understand, use, use a psychological test, something like the disc profile is something I recommend, where you can see what is the, what are the characteristics. More and more these days, as we learn more about the brain and psychology, there are more and more refined tools available to better help you select the right people for the job, whether it's someone joining your team as an employee or whether it's a franchisee. So use those tools and develop a process so that you've got all the material, a nice little marketing package, which I I really stress I think you should keep simple. Don't leave it all online to be auto-responded and blah, blah, blah. You need to talk to people. So without going into a recruitment uh, uh, lecture right at this minute in time, I'll say that you need to get the material together, which means application forms. What information do you need to know? A process so you're not wasting your time talking with people that don't have necessarily the skills, the commitment, the intention, or very often the funding. There's nothing more draining. I know in my early days of business broking and franchise recruiting, getting someone to the point where, yep, they're all excited. They've been to see the particular franchise. They're ready to buy. And their belief they can fund it is based on their bank saying, yes, we can help you with some funding, Mr. Jones. But when it comes to the crunch and you put the application in, you'll find it's not available. So these are things you need to do early on in the process and make sure that you do secure a confidentiality agreement from them, a non-disclosure agreement, so they're not coming to just sticky beak and copy what you do. Believe me, it happens a lot and you need to take precaution about that. Um, and indeed, with all your staff and people you have a commercial relationship with, even business reps. But without going too far off course there, I'd say that in that recruiting process, you've got to introduce at the right time a deposit process to get commitment from people. Think about a real estate. If you if someone's selling a house, you know, once you put an expression of interest in, you've got to pay a deposit. It may be refundable, but at that point, at least it shows that these people have got intention. And then basically going from there, what you're doing is documenting all this. So it all needs to be a process at the moment. Maybe it's you that's going to do it. But very quickly, you'll have members of your team or you may be using outside consultants. So make sure you, you do that so that you're ready now to launch your first outlet. It's an exciting time, but be conscious of the fact this is probably the most critical time in your business because now... You're going to replicate what you've got. You're opening that second outlet, wherever it might be, and you need to ensure that that is successful. So you've got to choose somebody very, very carefully. Your your pilot, as I describe it, is going to be someone who's going to be your your pressure tester. They're going to take what you've developed so far, 
you're going to get their cooperation. So they're going to actually help you review your documentation and tell you where they think there might be holes in it. Maybe they don't understand this or that. Maybe they feel that where's something to handle a complaint about this or the other sort of item. There are things that pop up, misunderstandings. We all write and talk with our own intent, but does the other party understand? So it's important to do that. They're also going to be honing the system in many ways. They're going to be working on your customer relationships and, and they're going to be creating an income stream. So your training program, your process is all going to be vetted through this time. And they are ultimately going to become probably your best salesperson because what you're going to be doing is using them for your initial prospects to speak to. It's critically important you, you, you have that introduction so that a prospective franchisee, whether he's number two or number 222, talks to your franchisees so they get feedback. They can talk to them in confidence about how they find the business. They want to talk about you. They want to find out what are you like. Are you, are you really as nice as you seem to be? Do you come up with the goods? Are you reliable? And so on and so forth. So that's important. And another element that comes to mind there is we talk about selling franchises. Uh, the term that I really strongly recommend is is recruiting franchises because it's a matter of mindset. If you're selling something, like selling a car or whatever it might be, it's a bit of set or forget. You sell it and it's gone. The mindset is sales. It's not. You're getting someone to join your team. They're going to be someone who's going to be really have a close commercial relationship with you. It's going to be your business partner, your franchise partner, if you remember. So franchise recruitment is what you're doing. Having said that, you're at the stage where you Basically, your pilot is up and running, they're successful. You've then got to look at how you go from there with refining your recruitment process. You may have used your recruitment processes to get your pilot, but maybe there was someone you knew. Maybe there was someone who already asked you if they could have a franchise, or maybe, as we often do, they'd be one of your managers, someone that you can see has got the potential, has got the commitment, has got the desire and ambition and the skills to be able to go and be basically run another of your businesses. That's one way of doing it. So you're then going out there to recruit your other franchisees. So you're going to do that in a fairly soft manner, but you've got lots of ways you can do that. You know, lots of mediums. You can go through magazines, go to expos. You can advertise in weekend newspapers even. It still works. You can go to online recruiting agencies and so on. So a whole host of ways you can do that and tools you can use as well. So. We talk about things like running seminars and that sort of that sort of thing in order to be able to basically introduce a number of people at once, talk to people in a in a common space where they can answer questions if they're comfortable. So all those tools are going to be documented. So whilst I'm running through the process in a fairly quick way, you can perhaps get an idea there that what you're going to be doing is documenting that in nice little packages in our, um, our modules we have. We have four modules that represent these four Ds. Each one goes through a number of sections and there's something like 28 steps in total. So it's breaking your whole process into nice, small bite-sized pieces, do them one at a time and work through them. As I mentioned earlier, do them fairly rough and ready to begin with. You can go back and tidy them up later. Just get everything documented. So the deployment stage where basically you're now out there, you've got your first couple of franchisees, you really are in the leadership field. What you're doing is helping inspire them, give them confidence, building your team, 
recruiting people into your support office team probably, as well as going out there and looking at other business opportunities. Now now is the time when you can start to realise some of those dreams and you'll probably start to have fresh new ideas. But my point of caution there is it's a step at a time. Yes, you can grow very quickly, but the people who grow quickly do it slowly. Why do I say that? It sounds a contradiction. The truth of the matter is what you need to do is take those first few steps, those first few franchisees, very cautiously, love them to death, jump when they say jump, give them all the support they need, and make sure you're constantly honing your processes and your mental processes as well as documented so that you're really becoming an expert in understanding these people, what their needs are, and in being able to support them and see where they need help. I won't go into all the support processes, but sufficient to say if you're supporting people on the phone isn't just enough. You do need face-to-face. Initially with yourself, over a period of time, you need to do it with team members. Making, giving you some case studies. I mean, John O'Brien from Paul Works has probably 70 retail outlets in Australia, um, maybe 350 vans on the road, each with their own franchise territory. He spends a period of time every year, despite operating in Australia, New Zealand and America, in shaking the hands of every franchisee. Now, that to me is a long-term thing that secures the relationship. And John has done that for decades. He also does something else which is key to the success of any franchise group. And all the really good ones do this is to have regular conferences where you get great interaction between your franchisees and the franchisor, your team, bringing guest speakers and so on. So I've sort of covered here the process, probably expanded a little bit more than uh, you may have anticipated, not wishing to confuse the issue. But I'll just recap and say that the franchise success path that I think you need to follow, irrespective of how you franchise your business, whether you do it yourself, whether you use some assistance from an organisation like ourselves at Franchise Simply, whether you work with them to do it or whether you get them to do it for you, you need to make sure a process is followed. And my recommendation is very clearly these four steps. The developed stage where you lay the foundation, the defined stage where you define the structural elements, the design stage where you put the comprehensive documentation together and you pressure test everything, and then the deployment stage where you go out to lead the business into the future. There's a couple of questions that came through, Dave, and uh, one particularly I'll actually address now was someone was asking, what's the difference between a license and a franchise? I'd like to license because it's cheaper than franchising. I've heard franchising is expensive and got lots of problems, and yes, it can do. but so can licensing. And there's a number of other reasons why people look at licensing as opposed to franchising. And it's a whole topic in itself. But I just say the key is what sort of control do you want in the long term? Do you want to build an asset? And um, how involved do you want to be? If you want to be totally hands off and supply a product for a distributor, licensing is probably the way to go. But if you've got ambition with your business, then it's probably franchising is probably the best model to use to grow the business into the future. If you'd like information about that, there's information again on my website at Franchise Simply, and I'm happy to to send you more details and so on if you contact me. So um, sufficient to say at this point in time that uh, I hope I've given you the worthwhile information to be able to go through that process. And um, if you'd like more details, certainly go to my website, as I've mentioned, 
and you're welcome to a free copy of my book, How to Franchise My Business Simply. So I'll leave that with you. Thank you very much indeed, and I hope this is helpful, and I hope you have a very successful franchise journey. So it's sufficient to say that uh, a lot of resources on my website. You're very happy to get in touch with me. And if you'd like a copy of my new book, um, it's available free online, How to Franchise My Business Simply. Please go to the website and hope you have every success in franchising. If you'd like more information, you're very welcome to contact me. Please go to my website, franchisesimply.com.au. And what I do recommend is I recently wrote a book called How to Franchise My Business Simply. If you'd like a copy of that, I'm making them available at the moment for free. On my website, you'll see a drop down. Please click on that and we'd be delighted to post one out to you. And in fact, have a chat if you'd like to do that as well. So I hope you've enjoyed the exercise we've been through. I hope it's been really helpful and I'd like to wish you every success in franchising. You've just been listening to the System Hub Podcast. Remember, we've documented this system for you so you can literally swipe and deploy it within your business. Head to www.systemhub.com forward slash podcast to download it now.